Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 191 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am joined today, of course, by my good friend Ray Vargas. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing good, Joe. How's it going? Pretty good. I think both of us are <laughs> very sleepy yep. but, um, and busy, but but good. We're getting close, man. 191, huh? 191, nine more episodes, like in, in less than two, well, about two months, we will we will be hitting episode 200. Wow. It's kind of nuts, right? I was still um trying to think back. I, I was still your first guest, right? <laughs> yes, you were still my first guest. That hasn't changed. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool. Just checking. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what have you been up to? Ooh, uh, a lot of school lately. You know, I think uh, that makes sense probably around midterms, right? Right, right. But, you know, I've I've got a couple of big projects due coming up this week. So it's been a lot of that. Um, and just, I don't know, we, we keep hitting new levels to this pandemic, I feel like, to this quarantine mm-hmm. vibe, you know? And I think recently I've, I've with, with people starting to get the vaccine, uh, I know I've had my first shot. Um, my girlfriend just got her second shot. So I think now it's starting to take on another field, yet another, you know, yet another iteration of this, right. uh, of this quarantine time. So, uh, it's different. It, it's interesting to kind of think about the possibility that this could actually be over <laughs> sometimes. You know, right? Sometimes right. Yeah, it's it's very strange. Like we've right now, we've got the big debate going on as to whether or not we're going back to school in person, and if we do that, it's going to be hybrid. And do we need to go back to hybrid before the school year ends when we're only going back for six or seven weeks? It's right. Like this whole thing. Right. I'm super curious to hear your thoughts on that because I know. I mean, I work for a college, and we've already decided there's no way we're going to. Uh, you know, start the semester up halfway because there are some students that are not here. They're mm-hmm, mm-hmm. somewhere else in the country and they're doing online uh, learning as we've been doing, as we said we were going to do this semester. So we're just going to start fresh. Hopefully we'll be able to start fresh in the fall. Yeah. But I know for younger students, part of part of what's driving it, at least I believe, is that is parents that work. Right. And if your young child is home learning, then you have to be home and that affects your work and that affects other things. And so it just, uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm thinking that's what's driving some of this. Otherwise I can't imagine why you would want students to switch from online learning to in-person learning in the middle of semester. Why would you do that to them? Right. Well, and I, I think for the for the younger kids, they are definitely going back. Like elementary is going back. That's not a question. The question wow. is high schoolers because and I mean, I guess that's a little bit um, you know, especially for a lot of the younger kids, they're not in individual classes where like they take math separately from English, which you know, it's kind of like they can go back a little bit more safely and not as 
you know, they're not as susceptible to the the virus. They, mm-hmm. it's not as compartmentalized as far as grades go. The teachers are kind of already integrating everything. So it's still not pleasant for the teachers, but I kind of understand that a little bit more. Um, for the teenagers, you know, we're trying to get them college prepared. And if we were all going back like in person, full tilt, then awesome. Like I would be all aboard because I'm so tired of trying to teach um, theater and stagecraft digitally. Like it's not meant for that, Mm -hmm. but we're going to have to do a hybrid, which means that we are going to be a combination of online and in person simultaneously, which Mm -hmm. to me, like there, neither group is going to be well serviced by that at all. Right. We're not going to be, we're going to be paying less attention to the people online, but because we're paying them any attention at all, we're not going to be paying attention to the people that are there in person. And I've had several people bring up that what they probably are doing is a, they want to get kids back to school just so that they're out of the parents' hair for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and they're hoping that if we have to go back to hybrid in the fall we can work the kinks out this quarter mm-hmm. and that's that's what i think everybody is thinking but from a teacher's point of view and i know people are like well teachers just don't want to go back no believe me i want to go back yeah. i just don't want to have to learn a third new way of teaching for all of six or seven weeks right right yeah that's that's going to put a strain on everybody i think yeah it's but, scary. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll make the best of it. I mean, it's one of those things where I'll at least get to meet my kids. And you know, are you excited to, to go back in person? Like I said, I'm really excited to go back in person. I'm not excited to go back to hybrid. Okay, because I mean, I'm I I know kids are not getting the vaccine, mm-hmm. and I'm it. I get really nervous the thought of kids being all in a big group like that. I know that there's social distancing measures at most schools, but still people seem to think like, oh, if you're a kid, you're fine. And that's not the case. No, because the teenagers are, are, I mean, they've basically got it all bodies. So, right. You know, they're, they're as susceptible as most people, maybe not as extreme, but still. Right. And kids still get it, but they just, they, they get a quote unquote mild version of it. So it's like they have, you know, a cold or if it's a bad version, it's like they have the flu. So it's not like kids are just completely immune to it. It says, I, I mean, some of the numbers Overall, kids make up about 13% of the coronavirus cases in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And of those kids, uh, of, the, of the kids that have actually died from coronavirus, it's fewer than 250 children. Three quarters of those deaths were non-white children. Mm-hmm. 76%, 76% were non-white children. So I'm just like, if I'm a parent, <laughs> oh yeah, well, I'm a, like, what? There's, there's a whole contingent of parents who are not sending their kids back at all. I would say it's a third. And so what we're basically going to do is one third of our kids are going to be in person Monday, Tuesday. One third of our kids are going to be in person Thursday, Friday. Mm. And on the days that they're not in person, they're going to be in class virtually. Mm-hmm. And then you've got that third group that's going to be virtual 100%. So it's just, it's wow. like to, to have to, <laughs> when you have to divide a group into that many sections, yeah, you have to look at it and go, is this really something that we should be doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a great 
that's a great way of looking at it. <laughs> well, and you can tell like the, the principle f- from, I mean, she's obviously not coming right out and saying it, but the way she seems to be approaching it is, you know, we're going to go back if we're forced to go back, but it doesn't look like it's like, yes, let's do this. Um, in fact, I don't think my entire district is really like thrilled. We're just kind of anticipating that the state is going to be like, you need to go back. Mm. Dang. That, that, hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that's that's going to be interesting how that plays out. And it yeah, sounds like it's right. playing out soon. Yeah. I, I probably will be going back after spring break. Okay. Wow. So in like three weeks. Yeah. Dang. It, it seems like they're trying to force students back in for other reasons, but they're kind of just piling bricks onto the teachers, more bricks onto the teachers back going, they can handle it. They'll, they'll mm. figure it out. <laughs> well, you know, Ray, we don't do anything anyway. So, yeah, you know, it's you basically know. babysitters. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although, although I think, I do think that a lot of parents have realized how important our babysitting services are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Uh. Um, so I didn't, I didn't mean to get into this whole thing, but I was just, I, we haven't spoken and I'm just really curious about your thoughts on all this, you being a teacher, you know? Um, so yeah, thanks for, thanks for getting into that. Yeah. definitely. Um, as far as geek stuff, man, my, I'm really feeling like an artist right now. <laughs> <Not a geek. laughs> uh, I, I kind of, I think I subconsciously, um, I subconsciously sort of saved up (laughs) all of my geek energy and fortitude for this four hour monster of a Snyder cut. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to just throw out there that whether I liked it or not, I'm going to say that I'm not thrilled that that took four hours of my life. (laughs) Like, like (laughs) even, even if it was the best thing ever, four hours of my Saturday morning was dedicated to watching this. And I don't know that that was my favorite life choice. Wow. So I think one of my favorite life choices that I've made recently Mm -hmm. is we watched the Snyder cut over three nights. Oh, that's a good idea. We watched part one and part two on Thursday night. We watched part three and part four on Friday night, and we watched part five and part six last night. And it, it's is tough to decide because that that took three nights of my life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but it felt it felt like binging Game of Thrones three nights in a row, right? And we're used to that. We sort of right. my my brain knows what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Four hours straight of Zack Snyder, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, that's just the only choice I had. Like, there was right. just no other. I was not going to subject my husband to it because I knew he would not have enjoyed it. Right. And um, and so basically, I got up early in the morning yesterday, and I hung wow. down, and I wow. <laughs> and then I I tried to watch Falcon and Winter Soldier afterwards, and mm. my brain my brain needed a break. And so um, I ended up watching it with Matt during lunch and saying, all right, like, let's watch this now instead of trying to like split my attention because my, my focus was not in it. Wait, so you watched Falcon and Winter Soldier after you completed uh, Justice League that morning? 
Yes. Okay. So so I watched Falcon and Winter Soldier on Friday night after my second uh, chunk of Justice League. And it felt like watching a couple episodes of Game of Thrones and then following that up with, you know, a couple episodes of something else. Yeah. Yeah. And it was perfect. And it was great. And it didn't, my brain wasn't confused or overwhelmed. It just, it worked. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you had that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, like I said, you know, three nights, That's that's that was my geeking out for three nights. And then besides mm-hmm. painting my ass off this week, what about you? Besides that undertaking uh, of your Saturday morning, did you do any other geeking out this week? It's been a rough week because I had grades due on Friday. Actually, they're not due Friday. They were, they're due later this week, but I had to get most of them figured out so that the kids could get me their late work. And you know, panic is a wonderful tool in the teacher's <laughs> arsenal. Hey, look at that F on your, on your grade book. Uh, you want to fix that for me so I don't have to fail you in theater? Um, not bitter at all. Um, anyway, so, so that was what I spent a lot of time. I even took time off of, um, rating. I sent a message to my raid leader and said, Hey, I'm not going to be here for the next two weeks. I, I will pick it up again when I'm on spring break, but I, I just don't have the time, um, between grades and trying to get, um, as the dice roll out. Um, it's been kind of crazy busy, but we have watched, um, TV, you know, every night, either Matt and I, or, um, the two of us and his parents watch stuff. And we actually finished a couple series this week. We finished, um, the French crime series spiral, which I was, I was pleased. I was pleased by the ending of, it was eight, eight seasons. So we had, we had gotten through that over the last couple of months. It's been a big part of our quarantine watching was eight seasons of Spiral. Um, really, really good. Uh, although I don't know that the <laughs> I don't know the cops in France are much different than the cops in America. <laughs> um, there's a lot of things where it's like the, 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 the whole series is these cops trying to solve the crimes, but not necessarily doing them in the most legal ways necessary. <laughs> so, so it, it was interesting, but then we also watched and finished. I don't, for anybody who has uh, HBO max, mm-hmm. I strongly, strongly encourage you to watch it. Um, it's a series called it's a sin. Okay. And it is about a group of friends in London during the eighties AIDS epidemic. Ooh. And it is not a fun series. It is a very well done series, mm-hmm. but Matt and I would actually like look at each other and say, do we have the, the strength to watch this tonight? Yeah. Because it is, I, I think, I think we live in a little bit of a bubble because that's so much a part of our cultural history mm-hmm. as gay men that we kind of know what it was like and, and how it was during the eighties, even though we didn't necessarily go through it ourselves. Matt was kind of right on the cusp of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think a lot of people really understand they, okay. Yeah. Lots of gay people died during the AIDS epidemic, but I don't think you understand how, awful it was like it wasn't just um you know the fact that people were dying it was the fact that people were dying people were dying alone because nobody would come visit them or their families didn't even know and then their 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 found families were not allowed because they weren't family 
And there were all sorts of just problems. Parents would take their sons home and their friends would never see them again. Wow. Like, like, yeah. Like anybody who doesn't have a really good grasp of gay history really should watch this series. It's very like a lot of the shows out there, movies, series, whatever that cover the AIDS crisis are all very dour and dark and oppressive. Mm -hmm. This one's almost worse because it's not like that all the time. It, it shows you their day to day and then someone gets sick. Right. And then it shows. And so it's kind of like, you know, we all have life that we go on. We have our inside jokes and how we get along with each other and decisions that we make and paying the mortgage and it's just our everyday lives. And these people had to live their everyday lives in the middle of this. And mm-hmm. so you'd see these really funny moments where they're kind of bagging on each other and having these exchanges. And then you have to see the ends of their lives. And it's very, very like, it's, it's harsh, <laughs> right. but it is so well done. So very, very well done. Well, I'm watching that tonight. It's five yeah. episodes. Yeah. It's five episodes. They're each about an hour each and they are, I, I do not want to say that they're wonderful <laughs> because they are depressing, but they are definitely something that everybody should see because it is it is quite the um, quite the experience that people had to go through back then. How long did it take you to get through all five episodes? <sighs> Three or four days. I think we did. I think we did two, two, and one. Wow. Okay. And then, and then your. Uh... Your prize for, for ending that was Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> Actually, what did we we just started? We've been we've been catching up on Veep. That's a, have you ever seen Veep? I know you're not a TV series kind of guy. I have friends that rave about Veep. It is it is it is a show that I think you would appreciate just because it's so awful. Like mm. the 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 awful awfulness of politics um yeah it's just you sit there kind of cringing at some of the things these people say but that's the whole point um so we did that and there was something else that we started we started um i don't remember oh oh okay so i raved about and you were not a fan of um money heist yes but they the creators of money heist created a new series and we've watched the first two episodes of that. And it's about um, a a group of three prostitutes who accidentally kill their pimp and are now on the run. Whoa. And it's really good. It's really good. Like it's very like it's, it's not always like, it's not over dramatic. It's a little bit campy, but Mm -hmm. it is, it's a lot of fun. You know, I'm a fan of television shows that feel like movies. And I think, I don't know if that makes sense to anyone else but me. No, it does. It totally <laughs> that, does. And and there are certain <coughs> television shows that just feel like television shows. And I can't, it's really hard for me to stick with them. Uh, that being said, we did finish, a, 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 I mean, a, probably a fourth or fifth rewatch of Parks and Rec for me. Mm-hmm, a fourth mm-hmm. or fifth rewatch. It was Rosie's first time finishing that, and she was very sad that it was ending. She had never seen Parks. She was a huge fan of The Office and had never watched one minute of Parks and Rec. 
before we started. So she obviously fell in love with that show and, and we're looking for something to watch next. That gives us the same kind of, the same kind of switch up. Cause I mm-hmm. like, I like really serious things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's nice, you know, obviously to have <laughs> something, you know, a, a change of pace. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're looking for that. I know a few people that I know have recommended Shit's Creek. I've never watched that. Oh, go do that first. <laughs> do that first. Ray, it is such a ridiculously wonderful show. Like, right. I don't know if it's going to be your cup of tea, but it is. Have, have you watched the Christopher Guest movies? Yeah. Yeah. It's Wait, not the same, but it is that kind of silliness. Yeah, I mean, they're not my thing. Waiting for Guffman and, and Best in Show. And yeah, I just, they're not, that's not really my thing. I will say this, and I don't, I mean, people know my politics, so I have I have no reason to, you know, uh, apologize for my, for my point of view <laughs> or anything. But, and, and so I, I don't say this with any sort of animosity, but when it comes to this kind of comedy, even the office and parks and rec that there's a certain amount of like whiteness that I Mm. can tolerate or at least like laugh through. And then after a while, it just gets a little exhausting. Mm -hmm. And so some of my favorite shows, I mean, the office parks and rec shit, West wing, mad men, Mm-hmm. Th- these are my favorite show. They're just so white. And so, <laughs> so, you know, in an, in an ideal world, you know, I'm looking for su- even another level of switching things up from that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, it's one of the reasons why I haven't checked out Shit's Creek yet, but it's on the list. So what I what we're probably going to do is test out a couple episodes of different things and say, okay, what do we want to go with? Yeah, that's a good idea. I think Veep is also probably going to be one of them. Yeah, Veep is Veep is I I think Veep will be a little bit more your speed simply because you can like it's it's approaching that whiteness with a little bit of that critical eye. Right. <laughs> they know they know they're horrible people. <laughs> Right. That's what I keep hearing. And yeah, my friends that, that really recommend shout out to you, Christian, you're, you're, you've been carrying the V flag for, <laughs> for C- he, he, I mean, every time I think he stopped even bringing it up to me just because he's, I haven't checked it out yet. So he's like this fool, like this motherfucker is not going to, you know, yeah. but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm that's going to be one of the ones that I'm going to check out. We're going to watch and, and, you know, take a taste and see what we want to keep, keep going with. Yeah, no, I think, I think you'll enjoy that one. All right, man. All right. <laughs> Are you ready? Let's, yes, we're going to go to a commercial break, and then and then it is time. We've we've waited. This feels pretty we've epic. Watched. <laughs> where's wait? Where's Hallelujah playing in the background? Oh, we, for fuck's <laughs> sake! Hey, so <laughs> I clicked on this Vulture link uh, about it's a sin, and it's it's by Catherine Van Arsendonk. It says the, the title is "It's a Sin." It's a sin's clear-eyed look at the AIDS crisis has one big blind spot. And so obviously it's it's a race thing, but it's still mm-hmm. um, an interest. looks like an interesting, you know, review of the show. One of the things that it mentions, and I'm definitely checking this show out tonight for sure. I'm watching at least the first episode tonight. Uh, it, she mentions at one point here, uh, uh, this is a pad- oh, where is it? Oh, God, I lost it. Uh Stay with me. 
<laughs> I was scrolling down and I just noticed this. Oh, here it is. A, a disco remix of the Hallelujah Chorus, I guess, makes a, a <laughs> makes an appearance in the show at some point in one of the episodes. It, it's very possible, but it wasn't something that just stood out to me, at least oh. not in the context. <laughs> at least not in the context of what we are referring to. I was going to say, can you imagine? I just could just imagine you sitting there going, Hallelujah is playing in the show. See, well, the thing is, is I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm being a hypocrite and I'm being an asshole and I don't care. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't mind the song. Alleluia. No. <laughs> I I mind the song Alleluia when it's being used by Zack Schneider. <laughs> For sure. 100%. 100%. That is my problem. That is when it stands out to me as just overkill. A hundred percent. All right. And with that, we're <laughs> hold, hold, hold that overkill thought. And, yes. uh... <laughs> and we will we will be back. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Comics! Movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu. Keanu Reeves, New, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. All right, go for it. <laughs> I just imagined I have thoughts. <laughs> I have thoughts. Uh, so are we approaching this like we do a regular movie? The good, uh, the bad, and then the ugly? Yeah, I think so. I was just going to say, you mentioned Buffy off mic. I, I need to catch up with you with that, but I don't think it'll be a problem. We'll, we can, Rosie and I can easily binge something in one weekend. Right. Well, and our our friends are are going out of town. They're going back to to um, Minnesota in a couple of weeks. So we're going to probably be stalled at season two. But I can keep up. I'm going to end up keeping up with you at some point. Okay. Cool. So um, yes. And I just asked Rosie if you were scoring the Snyder Cut on a scale of one to ten, what would you give it? Now, this is a person who. As regular listeners know, doesn't have any sort of knowledge or experience around superhero movies or comic book movies of any kind whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So her score was a seven out of ten. Okay, I would agree with that score. I think my okay. score would also be a seven out of ten. What about you, Joe? Um, I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be fair. So I would say probably a six. Yeah, probably a six or a seven. I will say that if I was forced to watch that in four hours straight, my score would probably be six out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I think six out of ten is a reasonable one for me. I mean, I, I I'm going to say this up front because I want to cover my I'm going to cover my ass on this one. Um, 
I don't like Zack Schneider filmmaking. Um, it's not my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And so I have a bias going into it. Um, I feel like I've been I've been hurt enough by the DC franchise at this yeah. point that I'm not I'm not really open to being very gentle with it. <laughs> like I feel like it 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 needs to now it needs to win me back. It needs to do some pretty impressive acrobatics to get me to be like, yeah, this was a good movie. Mm. But I'm trying to go into this particular um, project as open-minded and as fair as I can be, but you are going to hear some of my bias leak in. And that's just, I mean, that's kind of why you turn into the show, right? Yeah. I mean, what you call bias, I just call your opinion. Mm-hmm, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's right. we, we but I know there's going to be people who are going to be like, but, but you can, you know, realistically you're, you can say that, you know, it was a, a good movie or bad, like, like I will, I will skew more to the negative for these projects than maybe your average person. Right. I mean, some would also call that taste. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what is your taste? <laughs> you know, some people people have different taste, and mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. what you would call maybe a, a delicious dish, I would say, doesn't taste that great. So. You know, you got to take into account the person that's reviewing, right? Right, right. That's why whenever somebody asks me or somebody recommends a movie to me, and not not to be a dick, but my first question is, what what's your top three favorite movies? And they get kind of defensive sometimes. They're like, why? I'm like, well, because I need to know where this recommendation is coming from. You know, if you, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if, you know, if you say... Batman vs Superman is one of your top three favorite movies. Okay, I know, I know what I'm working with here. <laughs> and then we back away slowly. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, Joe, back in the day, I was I was on a date on a, a first date with somebody, and uh, course of the conversation, what's your favorite movie? And this person said, Rush Hour Two. And look, <laughs> I'm not a movie snob. <laughs> I'm not a movie snob. I love, I love comic book movies. I love. It's how, if anything, how how did you know? I feel like that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty interesting move, chess move there to automatically make me feel like I'm a snob when you tell me your favorite movie of all time is Rush Hour Two. I, not- I I'm just picturing I'm picturing the 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 non voluntary facial reaction you had to that man <laughs> like this look of just like horror that you couldn't keep on <laughs> and it's like look hey to each their own right i'm i'm not into shaming taste or whatever you know you like what you like and everyone should be free to enjoy what they enjoy if, as long as it's not hurting anybody right mm-hmm. uh but wow that was yeah. So that that was that. So I, you know, I watched Eman's movie review, spoiler free movie review of of Justice League that he published last week. Just kind of curious to see his take uh, without spoilers. And he scored it a seven out of ten. And when he said that, I thought, no way. I thought bullshit. <laughs> I just thought that's too high. Like I, I already like you. I already was coming in with a bias, having been burned by DC movies already you know as well and i ended the movie on night three going shit 
I actually enjoyed that, but night one was the worst night. And I had a whole 24 hours to sort of digest that and and crap it out. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. And then and and then go into night two, and night two was better. And, and maybe night two wasn't better as much as it was like, okay, I know what I'm working with here now. Mm-hmm. I, I got okay, let's, you know, let's just let's keep it going. Let's just have fun with it. And night two felt fun. And then night three felt epic as fuck, Joe. I would and- agree. I would. That was that was the progression. Like I was very bored about the hour mark, and then I remember pausing it to like get coffee or something. Mm. Like, how the hell are there three hours left of this? Yes. Movie? <laughs> like, how? How? Yes, I agree with you. I and that's why I'm saying, wow, watching in four hours straight, that's got to be exhausting because you're still digesting the first crappy hour. Mm-hmm. And trying to enjoy the the fucking metal that is <laughs> metal ass third act, which again last night felt like a way better movie than the one I watched on Thursday night. Yeah, way better. It reminded me of when I was a kid. And I loved my action figures. I loved my action figures. I had an action figure moment too, where I was like, this is very like playing with your action figure moment. Yes. Yes. And my favorite action figures changed over time. I had all the action figures, Joe. When I say all the action figures, I want you to hear what I'm saying. I had all the action figures. I was already a spoiled ass kid. Um... (laughs) you know, hood spoiled, but spoiled. And um, the the recession hit mm-hmm. and my, my mom was laid off and my dad for a second there took a second job, a night job, mm-hmm. working overnights at Toys R Us. Oh, wow. So when I tell you I was spoiled, when I tell you I had all the action figures... You had all the action figures. I had all the, my cousins would come over and be like, we're fool. We're not going out. I'd be like, let's go outside and play. Hell, they're like, are you kidding? We're going to be in your closet for the, the afternoon playing with all your action figures. So uh, Batman, all the Batman figures, all the different Batman costumes, G.I. Joe, uh, all the He-Man action figures, all the Transformers. I had everything. And for, you know, my favorites would switch uh, every other year or so. And and my ultimate favorites were the little G.I. Joe figures because they were ultra posable. And you could just have these like epic storylines, right? And it's like right. ev- everyone dies a slow motion death when you're playing with your action figures. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> and so this is, that was me at, you know, 10 years old. I remember doing that shit at 11 years old and thinking to myself, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> and then hopefully thinking immediately after, and I don't care that nobody's watching. <laughs> yeah, but here is Zack Snyder <laughs> at 40 years old, still playing with his action figures. Uh, so I'm yeah, that, that's basically it. So are we gonna why don't why don't you start with the, the good? Why don't you start with the good? Whew, okay. Uh, in that case, I'm gonna have to skip to the third act because um I will say this, man. DC is, 
they, by all rights, they should be competing with Marvel. They have the characters, they have the story, they have the world, the universe, they have the setup to compete with Marvel. Right. And so even in the most enjoyable, good moments of this, there's it's that bittersweet recognition that they are fucking it up. Mm-hmm. And they shouldn't be fucking it up. These characters are awesome. These stories are fantastic. Why, you know, just please get it right. Just mm-hmm. why, just give it to the right people. Yeah. And I also think that Zack Snyder reined in Zack Snyder. I think I I think that's I can understand that choice. Mm-hmm. I think that in this four-hour epic Snyder cut. I think there's a good three-hour movie. I, I would agree. I think that's about where the the cutoff is for me. Man, I might even say there's like a like a great three-hour movie. Yeah, I would say there's a there's a strong there's at the very least a strong two and a half hour movie. Yeah, there's there's to me there's an, an Avengers Age of Ultron level Justice League movie here. Yes, and. So even in my favorite moments, that was always hanging out in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, let me start from the bottom up. Then let me let me start from from my notes because my I, I took my notes chronologically. I didn't really you know put all the good together and all the bad together. Same. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be hunting for them as I go, but I can tell you what ninety percent of them are gonna be already. So okay, I think this I think this thing builds to a great ending. I think. Mm-hmm. I think the crescendo of all the storylines and the character moments, I love that each character has their moment Mm -hmm. and it feels earned uh, because we've, we've gotten more of these characters and we've seen them live more. So um, I wasn't expecting Barry's moment where he spoilers where he, (laughs) yeah, yeah. If you don't know us by now, you're, you're hi, hi, new people. Welcome where we bash DC movies. (laughs) Uh, We try, Uh, we have tried not to, but you know, they don't help us out much. I was really pleasantly surprised by Barry's moment. I, that caught me completely off guard, which I was Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. Oh shit. How did that happen? Uh, and the fact that he pulls a, a, uh, Richard Donner's Superman mm-hmm. <laughs> and and reverses time in order to, you know, win win the day was fucking rad. Yeah. Uh and and a great sort of teaser for, you know, his his future story. Um I thought uh oh, I, one of my notes said even the cheesy rock music cues work by the third act. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. They just didn't work on the first act. No, exactly. You can't just go all. You can't go full metal in the first act. It doesn't work. It's too much, man. Just rein it in a little bit. Rein it back. Um, I do think that this wildly Joe. Like I was surprised at my own notes from the third act, <laughs> where I was like, "Holy shit! This really does complete Clark's." story that started in man of steel Mm -hmm. it really it actually does Mm -hmm. and that really shocked the hell out of me um i think that it shows them being a team yes like they actually feel like a team not a not a winky funny sarcastic team 
no. which I think is is Whedon's go to for these these people are a team, right? Look at how they can joke with each other, which is is valid. I think that's a, that's one way of doing that, but it's the Marvel way. I wouldn't I yeah. wouldn't even say it's Josh Whedon's way. It's it's Marvel's way, right? This is a different way, and and it's more earnest, and uh, I think it worked. I think it worked yeah. for these characters. Uh, because what they were up against was fucking scary. This is this is their end game, mm-hmm. right? And so that was another thing that I had to keep reminding myself. Like this is, and by the way, end game was three hours long. And so it's, it's so funny because I remember in end game going, "Why is it over?" And that is not what I felt yesterday. <laughs> right. I remember at end game going. I mean, I prepped. I didn't drink anything for that morning. <laughs> like, right. I was ready for my three-hour movie. Right. And right. I was still ready for more at the end of Endgame. I was not ready for more at the end of this movie. Well, I think that when when you look at it in that context, I think to me, or, or look at it in this context, Endgame was Endgame because it had 22 movies, 21 movies to build to it. Right. And it sort of justified a three-hour runtime. It justified the epicness of the story and of the the you know final act. Uh, Warner Brothers, for whatever reason, decided they needed to jump straight to their end game. Mm-hmm. And so, looking at it like that, you would think, well, how the hell are you going to justify? the the that sort of epic story and those same well by having a four hour movie <laughs> that's how right. you know and so I do feel like we got I I just feel like I I watched uh three movies over the course of three nights mm-hmm. that's why I think the the way I approached watching this worked so well and I did I know it was going to work that well no I had no idea I you know I I, I easily could have decided to watch it four hours straight I'm really glad that I didn't. So that I think that I think the way we each sort of had to consume this is going to play a role in like what we take from it, you know? I would agree. What uh what about you? What were some goods for you? Um most of mine came down to okay, so you even called me out of this on um on Twitter because I did try and live tweet a little bit. Not I didn't want to spoil because I wanted to be able to to say more stuff here, but um So, so I'm, what I'm saying is, is there might be things that you were like, well, that was in the original, but you know, I, I enjoyed it in this. First of all, most of my positives were, I really liked the cast. Mm-hmm. Like I, I mm-hmm. really enjoyed, I think they, they acted it well. I think considering the amount of weirdness that went into this production, I, I thought that that was, was pretty awesome. I love the fact that Cyborg felt like more of the perspective character in this. Mm-hmm than he did in the other version. Um, let's see. There was a defiant moment at the end, and I'm not quite remembering what that was. I think it was obviously after Superman's entrance, which I thought was pretty epic, the one at the end. Yes. He, he stops the axe from hitting uh, Cyborg. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but then after that, there was just oh, I remember it was when they're all looking at through the portal at oh, Dark, Dark Side. Side. Yes, and it was just they were just being defiant. I like I like that. That made me like go, oh, yeah, like that. Yeah. That was pretty cool. And Dark Side was great. 
Yeah, yeah, he was pretty. He was pretty epic. I was surprised at how they made him feel like such a cosmic threat on the level of Thanos in one movie. Well, it was a little bit of the Jaws effect, quite honestly. That's it, a it great was a, point. It was a little bit of the. It's not that he's doing anything; it's that you feel him coming. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at one point, again, I don't know if this was in the original or not because I don't remember it. Um, but Aquaman surfing on the dead uh, parademon, pretty cool. Oh yeah, that was in the first one. Yeah. Yeah. In in general, I thought the the, the casting acting moments were really good. Um, I have a comment that I can't wait till I get to um, bad things because I just passed it. It makes me smile. <laughs> I was very proud of that comment. You're um, right. You're right, though. The cast was really good. I think yeah, and I was great. I think I remember saying this the first time. I don't mind Ben Affleck as Batman. I really don't. Same. Um, I don't like how bulky he is, though. Yeah. Yeah. He's super, like, bulky. He doesn't look... I don't know. It just it looks it looks inconvenient to what he's trying to do. <laughs> but honestly, Ben Affleck is kind of built that way. Like he's always been very rectangular. Yeah, it's just the fake suit muscles that just don't work for me. Yeah, well, because you're putting fake suit muscles on top of an already square frame. Yeah, that's so perfect. it just makes it feel like it's like his yeah. his um, shoulders are eating his ears. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I've I've been described that way. Um, <laughs> Trying try to take it personally. Uh, there is um, the I, I I tweeted out that I was finally happy to get to sexy evil Superman because that was always a nice moment. Oh, I hadn't considered that that could be sexy. Oh oh yeah, like I'm sorry, Henry Cavill <laughs> shirtless. Sure, sign me up anytime. He's fucking great, man. He's yeah, he I, was really good in like he's he's good in this. I was thinking about that as we were watching, was we were finishing last night, and I said to Rosie, like, this is who I think of as Superman. Yeah. He he's a he's a to me, he's a perfect choice for Superman for Clark. And and I it's gonna be hard seeing someone else because he, you know, I loved Man of Steel and he's been Superman for so long. That I just think it, it's it's a shame if if they're going to have to recast at some point, right? Well, and that's this is the thing. All of my stuff is about the actors. It really is. Jeremy Irons, amazing Alfred. I think we said that the first time around. Um, I loved Barry. I loved. Uh, um, I, I loved the Flash moments. I thought the Flash moments were actually funnier in this version. Mm. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I thought that there were so okay, so here's here's two nods to, to Schneider. Um one, I thought that I I am okay, I can appreciate it wouldn't have been my choice, but I can appreciate the slowdown scenes. It's kind of his his signature um where you know there's an action moment and then everything slows down and then speeds up again. Mm-hmm. Like he's been doing that forever. Yeah. And I think for comic book movies it works, especially since one of my complaints in a lot of Action films, not not in the Marvel films, but in the in general in action films, is that there's so much action, it's so sped up that you can't see anything. Yeah. So taking those little pauses, I don't mind that. I think those are kind of nice. I, I will say that all of the action to me was great. Even, mm-hmm. even some of the stuff that's hampered by poor visual effects. 
Mm-hmm. I think the movements, as you said, and the staging is fantastic. It's clearly what Zack Snyder's good at. And oh, I got to say this, man. I think it it sort of casts a, a light on Marvel's choice to go with good story directors that are that struggle with action and and it makes sense i can Mm -hmm. see Mm -hmm. why you would do that because the story is what makes marvel great and the characters are what make marvel great and you can't sacrifice that for good you know for better action right we've even said like there's that that clip online like you sent me a, a a gif once of thanos like downing Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. And our comment is just like, even in this like three second repeating clip, mm-hmm. you can see each action being taken and each of them is very clear and purposeful. And so, I mean, it's not like they don't do action well. well it just may not be as well as some other people. I think that of the, of the crop of Marvel directors, that is why the Russo brothers were given the, the chairs, the director chairs for, you know, going forward after Winter Soldier. Right. I think that's why they got Civil War. That's, Kevin Feige was like, we're going to help you out with the story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but finally, we have some good act- action directors here. Right, right. Uh, but Zach's, I think Zack Snyder's better at the action beats, at the action shots than the Russos. I think that the Russos are helped tremendously by the fact that we actually care about these characters and, yes. and we're invested. <coughs> but but I'm I'm saying I'm surprised at what Zach was able to pull off, you know, given a shitty kind of story. Mm-hmm. Uh the action was spectacular to me. And and the, there was little tiny beats throughout the action. I have a lot of notes about that stuff. Um the buildup felt good. The build, like it felt ominous and scary the way it did when I was first watching the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh shit, they're going to go up against Sauron now. And, and the, how are they going to do it? And that's kind of surprising when you have Batman and Wonder Woman and Aquaman, you're, you know, they're the superheroes. Of course they can do it. But um, the way they built up Steppenwolf too. We Steppenwolf was so much better as a character in this version. Yeah, so yeah. much better. Um, and you see him kick ass at the mascara, and you see him, uh, you know, being a badass and just being no match for anyone. And then that first moment that we realize he's going to take on one of the justice league when Aquaman steps to him, that was cool. That felt like a moment in the movie. I was like, Oh shit. Okay, here we go. Now we're going to see him go up against one of the justice league. Right. Uh, and the fact I, I even noted like, Oh shit. Like I'm excited about this. Like moment <laughs> in the story here is pretty interesting. Um, Mira's powers, the way Mira uses her powers against Steppenwolf, in the beginning of that scene, I thought was super, it was almost like a Scarlet Witch moment Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where, you know, Steppenwolf realizes, oh shit, she's about to kill me. Like she could like the way she sort of like moves the water on the way. And he's like, aha, like I got you. And she's like, yeah, I did it on purpose. And then she starts to suck all the moisture out of his body. You see his blood coming out Mm -hmm. and he's like, oh shit. And he throws her. I was like, holy crap. Like that was a really cool moment. Um, and I think that this movie had a lot of moments like that. And, and those were mostly the good. 
<laughs> yeah, well, and and very creative visualization of what powers could do. Like I really exactly. liked, or, or how or how they would look. Not even what they could do, because we kind of know what they can do, but how they would look when it was happening. Like I love the 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 rocks are falling on the scientists that Cyborg and mm-hmm. uh, Flash have just gotten out of you know the basement or wherever they were, and uh, and. It's just kind of like this canopy of electricity, and you just see his his shadow kind of flashing around above him, and and I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like it was a was very good. cool visualization of how the 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 powers would work. Right away from the beginning, Wonder Woman's first scene in the bank uh, even felt better. I love it made more sense the way she used her speed to deflect all those bullets. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. we got a little bit of that in the first one, but I felt like they set it up better here, where they show mm-hmm. her do that a little bit, and you're like, whoa, she moved really fast, and then he switches to automatic and you're you're like okay now she's you know she's gonna have to do that a lot faster and a lot more bullets (laughs) and so when she does it it, it's a tiny little moment but that little setup goes a long way yeah it was very cool and i love her i just like i would watch her in anything please be in (laughs) fifty thousand more things because i think her and Jason Momoa also. Like, yeah, yeah, it's all casting. Yes, I was just going to say that. Her and Jason Momoa. I thought he, I mean, he's such a douche, but whatever. You know, like, <laughs> it, it's a take on the character. Momoa right. can, can pull it off great. Uh, when he enters the cave, I thought that was so funny. <laughs> he's like, really cool, man, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> like, that's his version of, like, I'm impressed, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was really fun. Uh, and when and- they did the, when they did the big, um, the history moment where they were talking about the Olympians, the man, the Atlanteans, mm-hmm. and the Amazons, and how they fought against Darkseid the first time. Mm-hmm. I was like, can we have – like, I, I wanted to see more of the Olympians. I'm like, those guys are cool right there. So I want to cool. see more of that. That's awesome. The old gods, you mean? Yeah, the old gods. So cool. And that's what uh, always leads me to – you know, think about DC. It's very, it, it has the potential to be very Tolkien. And I mean that as a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also said that was where I said, DC is fucking epic. Like they have these stories. Uh, they have these characters. They have this mythos, this mythology that Marvel doesn't have. Mm-hmm. And DC should take advantage of that and like play that up. And I think Zack Snyder was smart to do that. And I think they should keep doing that. Uh, I love that. Atlanteans have a fucking language that they use in water. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That seems so smart to me. Like, yes, of course they've evolved over time underwater that they're just not going to speak casual words to each other. Although I think that's what happens in the Aquaman movie, right? That they're just all talking mm-hmm. through water. But right. in this one, they're communicating with sonar and they right. have a language. And I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck, that's a good addition there. Yeah. And we never I mean, that's, probably will see it again. Real- that's where all the epicness comes from. It comes from the characters. It comes from the locations. The Amazons were epic as always. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this was a line that you said was in the original, but I was like that little moment where it was like, you know, this is our opportunity to strike because there's no lanterns, no Kryptonian. And yes. I was like, okay, yeah, that that's that one of those moments that you'd see in Marvel where they make an offhanded reference to something and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this is part of a bigger world, which I don't always feel with the DC films you get. Yeah. Yeah, by the end of it, it all builds up to 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 have this effect where everyone's motivations are properly there. Mm-hmm. I did feel like 
it the the characters made sense by the end in a way that they didn't in the theatrical release. Yes. Um I thought Cyborg was to me the star of the show. Yeah, I that think is, they did a really good job of making him the perspective character. Holy shit, man. I, I honestly there were many moments in this 4 hours overall where I was like I wish the Flash and Cyborg were in Marvel movies. Like I wish yes. I could just see more of these characters because they were the two that to me felt like they were fully fleshed out on the level of of some of the Marvel characters that we have. I think I think out of all the characters, um, Batman and Aquaman dropped down to the bottom of the list for me. Where I remember Aquaman was like number two mm. the first time we watched this. Like I think I was like, it's all about Wonder Woman and Aquaman in this movie. And now I I feel like all the other characters kind of caught up to where they were. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cyborg's story is so good. And the, the pathos that he's working with as a character is so uh, involved. It just, it really grounded me in the story. It, mm-hmm. it, I was rooting for him. I was so happy that he had such an important role to play by the end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you just it's 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 kind of his origin story. Yeah, it really right? is. Yeah. So I just thought, man, like, <laughs> like <laughs> again, it's bittersweet. Because for every moment that I was like, this is so cool. I was like, God damn it. Why? Why can't they just, you know. <laughs> can, can, can we can we move on to the, the those moments? Because I got a lot sure. more notes on that than I do on the other side. For sure. <laughs> to summarize, we thought the characters were cool. We thought the action sequences were cool. And we thought that um, Amazon's Gal Gadot and um, Olympians are kind of epic. Wait. Is that going to sum that up? One last thing. Mm-hmm. I think that they, the buildup to Superman coming back was way more effective yeah. in this movie than in mm-hmm. the previous. Way more. Like, it felt, it, it in the first one, it kind of felt like you're watching the movie going, okay, hurry up. When are we going to get to the, come on, we already know it's coming. Yeah. And in this movie, I kind of almost forgot about it. And at a certain point on the second night, I turned to Rosie and I was like, Superman's still coming back. And she's like, oh, shit, that's right. And I just think they it it, it worked. Yeah, it worked for the, oh, the reverence, then, the reverence with which they started that whole action worked so much better. And then they went and fucked it up. <laughs> I will tell you <laughs> why in a moment. All right, let's let's do it. <laughs> All right, so going back to the going back to the top because I took notes chronologically too. Okay, um, my overall feel with this this are we calling it a movie? Is it a movie? Is it an app? Like what is it? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's the Snyder cut. It's, it's more than a movie, bro. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's a movie. Yeah. Okay. So this movie takes itself way too seriously, way, <laughs> like, too, way seriously. too seriously. Like it's, it is the, it is the kid who doesn't realize how uncool he is trying to be cool. That's how seriously this kid, this, this movie takes itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the young man who carries a guitar, acoustic guitar around everywhere he goes, because and, that's his thing, like, bro. Please that's don't start thing, playing. Please. That's please his thing. Don't start playing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and um, all he plays is hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, the introduction could have been that's where your first half hour comes off 
because mm-hmm. I think I tweeted this. You can't slow moments lose their meaning when everything is a slow moment. And the first hour of this movie was just one continual slow moment. Yep. The intro I wrote down the intro could have been half as long. That's why this is four hours. Yep. It was so slow, Ray. I yes. was just like, like, you know, when you're stuck in traffic, this felt like we were stuck in traffic. <laughs> I was like, move forward. Yeah. At one point, I said, uh, we're 40 minutes in and we have no story other than Batman asked Aquaman, Aquaman to join. And he said, no, that was literally the only story we had in the first 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like way too long. The whole, the whole blonde singers thing. I was like, I don't understand this. Um, the slow moments were just too many. Um, the, the music in the epic, the Aquaman sections, yeah. <laughs> were odd. They were just odd. Yeah, it's funny because in the theatrical release, I thought it was such an odd choice to go with white stripes as he's walking into the ocean like a badass drinking whiskey. And this these musical choices made me miss that musical choice. Yeah, it's like like when they when they go the wrong direction, you can feel it. Um Yeah. And for a four-hour movie, there is a hell of a lot of telling and not nearly enough showing. Mm-hmm. There's so many moments where we're going to hear like, okay, here's the voiceover where everything is explained to us. Here is the justification being explained to us. Like everything was talked through. Um, And I think that's what slowed down the first third of the movie. As far as the shitty pacing, this was my note for that. I said, Zack Snyder is like Michael Bay without the cocaine. And what I mean by that <laughs> is that Michael Bay does a lot of cocaine. No, what I what I mean by that is with with Michael Bay, every shot is a money shot, right? Every and he used the slow motion a lot too, by the way. Right. And he's known for his action directing as well. Right. And and but every shot is built to be the epic shot, and we, and you can't have an album full of you know, the, the highs highs, you have to have some mellow moments too. And visually it, that means just shooting some basic two shots or some basic over the shoulder shots, but no, every single shot is the epic painting still, you know, money shot. And with Michael Bay, because his editing choices dictate sniff, sniff that, you know, it's it's one to two seconds per cut. You get that money shot, but you get it, they're so fast that it kind of it helps him out a little bit in terms of the pacing. Mm-hmm. With with Snyder, it's it, it's all epic slow motion money shots with no movement to them whatsoever. No pacing. It's all just slow <laughs> okay so do you do you remember super friends yeah okay do you remember that it was still that hanna barbera style animation yes so they'd be like quick let's go to the thing and then they all do like the scooby-doo walk across yes. the screen yes there was a moment that i felt inadvertently paid tribute to that as they all 
epically walk up the stairs. Yeah, I, yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> like, why are they? Why are we seeing this part of this? Just show us there already. Yeah, there was like, like you remember when we used to teach film at iPoly? Like, it yes. was like you would sit there and they were like, "I can't possibly take this ten minute movie down to five minutes." It's like cut out all the walking. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's the effect is that every shot is so dramatic, but still so boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, in no, slow motion, and in slow motion, there are so many moments where it's like this doesn't have to be epic. Just get them there. Just get them there. Move it along. Move it all along. Why are we stuck on traffic? Yeah, everyone can't be a badass all the time, and we know that from knowing people that try to pull that shit off in real life, and and they're they're a joke. You're mm-hmm. no, no. Just be a person. Just be a normal person. It's okay. It helps. It's actually a good thing. Uh, I did have a lot, of, a lot of tiny little notes where just certain choices as, as again, the first section of this was the worst for me. Um, why tease Cyborg? There's a moment where he, you sort of, you see a, a full shot of his face in the hoodie brooding in his apartment really early on. And then in the background, you see the mother box sort of like, you know, jumping around and coming to life and stuff. And then like two scenes later, you get this dramatic shot from behind with him wearing his hoodie and he sort of turns and the reveal that one of his eyes is glowing red is supposed to feel like substantial in that moment. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? We've already seen his whole face. Like why? Like, like that <laughs> yeah, wasn't yeah. necessary. Um, I also have a note. Uh, Aquaman goes through a lot of shirts. Like he takes <laughs> off like three shirts in the first like, half hour and we don't see him putting any shirts on. So my hey, thing is like, we don't complain about him taking <laughs> off his shirt. <laughs> Well, my that thing doesn't is, happen on this podcast. My thing is, why even put on the shirt in the first <laughs> place, bro? If you're just gonna take it off, like he literally comes out of the water with a dripping wet shirt. Oh wait, every he, every, he, every every stripper in America will explain to you why you put on the shirt, right? Every so stripper in America, off, right? So you can take it off. Um, also, uh, just a little thing like that would take me out, little things that would take me out of the movie like that early on. Like, how did Diana get to that temple so fast? Like, she's in the museum Mm -hmm. and she's like cleaning this greek statue or whatever and then she hears the news of this fire happening at this temple in some other part of the world and then the next shot she's like there and it's like wait was that a 15 hour flight is she (laughs) like how like where are we here what day is it you know yeah um, there were a lot of there was there were a couple of moments where I just I, <laughs> I wanted to do a Beavis and Butthead screaming of CGI CGI. <laughs> there was a lot of moments where it was like we're just going to make this look epic with CGI. <laughs> I was like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Can you think of any of those specific moments? I can't. I've blocked them out. I have it between. <laughs> epi- I have it somewhere in between epically walking upstairs and the, it must have been that when they first assaulted Steppenwolf. There was okay. a moment in there that was very just like, oh, it was it was between it was it was Wonder Woman fighting Steppenwolf, the very first time she was oh, going full at yeah. it. It was so bad. Yeah, <laughs> she looked like a cartoon character. Yeah, yeah, that was shades of uh, Matrix Reloaded or some shit. Yeah, Keanu looks like a rubber doll. <laughs> um, yeah, I did. You know, there was. Um, I can understand how some of those moments, like you say, like them walking up the steps and stuff, I can see how they, how they can result from some other choices that are made. Like when Diana first goes out to try to recruit cyborg 
and she's standing on the street and we have in the background of this shot, like the, the city, the cityscape far away. And then cyborg literally flies into the shot from that far away. I thought, and then he lands like a few feet from her. And I thought that was fucking cool. Yeah. But, but that's because you're showing us that information. Mm-hmm. But then we don't need a lot of other information. And I think, you know, the, making the choice of like where that information is good and where it isn't, I think Snyder struggles with that. And that's why I say like a reeled in Zack Snyder, I think works pretty well. But, you know, for, like a lot of artists, I mean, this is what happens when you kind of give them carte blanche and they can do what they want. It's it's, it's extremely indulgent. Yes. Um, plot wise, I was very upset. Very, very upset, right? Let's talk about that because that didn't really bother me that much. Well, here's one thing that did. You can't tell us you are bringing back Superman and then make us feel bad for Martha and Lois. Oh, interesting. Like when they're having that heartfelt moment where Martha is like telling Lois she needs to go back out there and live. It came right after they've just said they're going to bring Superman back. If you had flipped those scenes, maybe. But you can't go and say, we're going to bring him back and then have the two women mourning him, hmm. crying, and you feel bad about it. You don't, I didn't feel, I didn't feel, I remember feeling something in that scene because that scene was in the original, yeah? Uh, I don't think so. Well, it would have been a lot more effective <laughs> if it was before. Hey, we're going to bring back Superman. And then he doubles down on it. And again, spoilers, it's not even Martha. <laughs> like that had that had that made no sense. Like if you're going to give me Martian Manhunter, um that is not the place to do it. I get yeah. that they were trying to like he's this is his contribution. He's going to get he's going to get Lois Lane um to do what? To, to to go be the like again I have somewhere else in my notes so why is she the key to all of this and I think it's implied that she's the one who grounds Superman but didn't she do that in this movie yeah she did I I yeah I I remember thinking at the Martian Manhunter first thing I thought was awesome Martian Manhunter then immediately mm-hmm. after that, I thought, wait, what the fuck did he just do? Like, I understand, like, uh, mourning is actually a good thing, and you should probably, like, go through the proper mourning stage. You know what I mean? Like, I guess I didn't get the feeling from, from Lois's arc at that point that she was packing it in as a life and just kind of being like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm done living and, and being a reporter and doing all that. I didn't get the sense from that. Mm-hmm. So it no. didn't, so it, it, then it didn't make sense for him to kind of have to step in to be like, no, move on already. Get over it. Basically. Right. right. Well, and, and it was like, it, it was like, it was supposed to be this, this gentle moment between Martha and Lois yeah. and you ruined it going into the scene. And then you doubled down on ruining it coming out of the scene. Cause then it wasn't really between these two women who were mourning the loss of a son and a uh, lover. It was the, it, it, it was like, I'm manipulating you to do what you're supposed to do. Like it, it was a horrible moment. It was a horrible, like everything that was epic about it being the Martian Manhunter. Because again, that was my first, it was like, Oh, that's cool. And I was like, wait, but he just, ew, that's kind of <laughs> gross. Like that's kind of a horrible thing to do. You know, I didn't feel that way in that, in that part, but later on when Superman is back 
and he's hugging his mom. And then immediately he's like, okay, I got to go almost die again. Right. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's that got to feel like? Jeez. Like, you got him back from, from death. He's back to life. Some of the, some of the lines in this Ray are not good. Um, I don't remember who said it or why, because it was that dramatic, but somebody said you should get dressed. And the other person said, I'm always dressed. And I'm like, what? What? Oh, cyborg, because he doesn't have, he can't take oh, off his costume. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. He can't, he can't take off his costume, basically, right? I, like, he's stuck as that. Yeah, yeah. I I, I missed that because it was not a good line. God, there was a lot of one-liners like that that I was just like, cringe. Yeah. Cringe. A yeah. lot of them. <laughs> a lot of them. So, um, so I do appreciate the fact that, um, that Superman is a Disney princess. What? Because uh, he was at the farm and he was having a nice moment with a butterfly. And I was like, oh my God, this is the most Disney princess <laughs> moment I have ever seen. And it completely feels weird oh, in that's context. So funny. That's supposed to mean what? That he's like one with the universe now? He's at peace? Yes. I, I, I don't like, like, what is this? Like, I. <laughs> This is not his superpower. Uh-oh. Aquaman somewhere going, dude, I'm the one who's supposed to talk to animals. Can I get off my gig? It's just so, it's so ham-fisted and it really does give you an, some insight into what Zack Snyder thinks is, is good or is, is awesome. He must be, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just, okay. Just this, so- whole, this whole movie had the subtlety of a brick and it was just. Yeah. Like that's why for me it's a six and not a seven, it, and maybe again it was just a four hour watch. But for me it was like I appreciate that. Yes, this is. I, I will go so far as to say this is better than the initial cinematic release. Yeah, I mean for sure. But um, do you have anything up until the final battle? Because I think the last thirty minutes deserves its own discussion. Um. I I thought that it, oh in the in the second installment in parts three and four I had a note that said this is giving me very Game of Thrones season eight vibes mm-hmm. in good and bad because mm-hmm. season eight was trash but you could see them trying to quickly wrap things up and sort of it felt. It, it was like these epic moments, but they felt rushed and sort of ham-fisted and just like they weren't given the proper, I don't know, handling. Mm-hmm. And so that was, I definitely felt like Game of Thrones there. Um, I did have a note saying that I wish we had two proper Superman movies before this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It definitely felt rushed. Uh, the Let's get to the third act because... One of the notes I have is even the cheesy rock music cues work by the third act, which I think I mentioned already. Yeah. And I, and I do think that there was some very cool, like I loved the final battle. I thought it was very epic. I loved that final defiant moment when they're looking through the portal and they're, you know, what dark side, let's go. <laughs> it, was <laughs> Bring a, it. it was a pretty epic death for Steppenwolf too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. Like I, I thought it was a great action scene. And by the end, I'm like, okay, I see why people are saying that this is good because mm-hmm. this, this last, I would say 45 minutes was really good up until, 
up until the death of and you know and the the little bit of that first part of the epilogue. Oh God, the epilogues. Ugh. But then okay, so then <laughs> so then I tweet out. I tweet out. Great epic final battle. Why is there a half an hour of this movie left? <laughs> and I have to give mad props to Michelangelo, who is actually a former student of ours, yeah. who responds, it's the end credits of WandaVision. It's the end credits of WandaVision? Is that- <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard. Oh, God, Michelangelo, I laughed so hard. <laughs> It was so just perfect. Just very well done, sir. Bravo. Um, but yeah, I looked at him like, 30 minutes? Why? Why is there 30 minutes of this? And then we have, what, four epilogues? Oh, God. Was it? So, so when I watched it, the epilogues happened immediately from the end of the movie. There was no credits until everything right. was done. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, God, that just ruined it for me. I, I. My last note of this whole thing is Snyder just can't help himself. No, no. It was like you, you, the you pre- had it. the the penultimate note. The previous note to that was builds to a great ending, and then the very last note is Snyder just can't help himself. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was horrible. Okay, so so first they they. They do this whole the, the closing of everybody being kind of coming to terms with everything. Fine, like your regular like denouement end of film epilogue. Awesome. And those Perfect. are some epic moments too, and shots of each character sort of staring off into the twin suns or whatever. Yeah, it worked wonderful. Thank you, bravo. Then we have a a stinger like but not stinger moment where, um, what's the guy's what's the character's name? Uh, death Deathstroke? Yes, Deathstroke. Deathstroke has a meeting with Lex Luthor on a yacht. And Lex Luthor tells him that Bruce Banner, not Bruce Banner, dear God, Bruce Wayne is Batman. You know, the beginning of that scene in the prison, I was like, wasn't this a scene from Batman versus Super? Right, right. <laughs> It just didn't. Lex Luthor felt totally out of place at the it's end like, of this dude, movie. Like, not your movie, dude. Not, not your exactly. movie. Go away. What are you doing? So, so that was that was weird and forced. And maybe if you made it a stinger, okay. But like, are we getting another? Are we getting another four hour something from Zack Snyder after this? I don't know of anything planned. No. No. So then, what? What? What the hell? No. Release it in the release it in the DVD extras. Don't make it part of the movie. Right. Agreed. Um, and then then we go into what I will give you is a very epic concept of an alternate reality where we're assuming that Aquaman and Wonder Woman are dead, mm-hmm. and and Batman has got a group of of people who are survivors of some sort of cataclysmic earth-like event and those survivors include deathstroke and the joker and it's a very epic moment that has no place in this movie it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie we've already we've already resolved the movie why are we what what are you doing because Zack snyder is going to play with all the action figures bro 
<laughs> That's why. If he's going to do one thing, he's he's going to play with all the action figures. Okay. It's very confusing to people. They're like, wait, I'm sorry. Didn't this character just say he's going to use this information that Bruce Wayne is is Batman to like do bad things? And now he's like backing him up. Like, I, I hated both of those scenes. Oh, it was so bad. Well, wait, it not was, both. All three. I hate Okay, them. yes. Because then we come back. And it's all it's all a Bruce Wayne dream. Yes. And then Martian Manhunter comes and says, sup. Like, literally, yeah. that's what he does. He's just I'm, like, sup. <laughs> Batman's like, oh, cool. Thanks. Good to have you. All right. You know my name. You know my past somehow. We just fought off an alien invasion that was threatening the world. Here we got another alien, but okay, you're good, probably. Well, cool. we, we, and, and you said, I'm going to help, but you, where where were you when we were fighting these other people? <laughs> and then he and then he doesn't say, like, his name is John. He says, my name is the Martian Manhunter. Yeah, I'm sorry. Now, I'm sorry. Martian Manhunter, what? <laughs> At that point, I would, like, he, like, I would think at that point he's getting a batarang up his ass. Like, like <laughs> what? <laughs> it was so he couldn't leave it alone, Ray. No, couldn't leave it alone. Couldn't just walk away. He couldn't just walk away. Yeah, the Martian. So you're the Martian who hunts men, <laughs> but you're on our side. Cool, chill, no concerns about this at all. Welcome to the team. Not yeah. a problem. It's so funny because the the first chunk of that movie is so bad, and then I feel like he, his strengths his strengths come to the forefront. We'll say there's still yeah. there's still bad stuff throughout, but but his strengths kind of rise to the surface by the end. And and I was won over. I, okay, you know what? Yes, I I get the choices now. You know, I understand what you know Zack Snyder fans you know see. In, in his filmmaking and then it just it just i hated those those last scenes man uh it was so bad and, and and don't get me wrong epic as hell like i get like i would totally watch that movie just not after four hours of this other movie uh, i i know i can't even go that far I, they, it See, really... I, I love Elseworld and what if stuff. So, if you want to give me an alternate, like, apocalyptic future where this Batman's leading this unlikely group of people against Superman, awesome. I am, I am there for that. Oh, for sure, for sure. But not I, at the end of this movie. I just, I guess, I hated the all the dialogue. I hated all oh, the interactions. I hated. Uh, just every word that was uttered from every character's mouth. It just, the motivations didn't make sense. Just what they were saying to each other didn't make sense. It just was all bad. It was mm-hmm. <laughs> Nando agrees. Nando versus movies on Twitter said the post-credit scenes are everything I can't stand about Zack Snyder movies. And I, I even post-credit. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. I just, uh, Yeah. And then another great Nando tweet. How does Snyder make these three movies? And then the next movie he teases is, what if Superman was bad? (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't he already just bad? Uh, Yeah, it just, the whole interaction, you know, people are calling, (laughs) people are calling that the best Batman and Joker scene ever written. 
the best Batman and Joker interaction of all time. Oh. Oh, it, it's, no. it's the worst one that I've ever oh, seen. No, like there was nothing good about that interaction. No, not at all. Why are they talking to each other? And why are they talking to each other like this? And why are they explaining things to each other right now? That was so badly written. <laughs> oh, this is this is like, yeah, no, there's just, there's no excusing the last 20 minutes of this movie. And, yeah. and then, and then. And then when we can't when we can't ruin it anymore, <laughs> when you think it couldn't possibly get any worse, we don't just get Hallelujah. We get the slowest vu- fucking version oh, yeah. of Hallelujah yeah. ever recorded in the history of the world. He said that he keeps using that song because it was his daughter's favorite song, and I'm just like. Oh, that's the, even knowing that connection that he has to that song and the meaning behind it still makes it a really odd choice to use in all the places that he's used it. Yeah. Because it becomes, it's almost like, I don't know. I mean, I guess if he, you know, if, if it's, if that's the meaning behind it, it still doesn't feel like it's in the right places. No. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I and, don't know. and honestly, it wouldn't be that bad if that was the ending credits and we had never heard him use that song before. Right, exactly. But because he exactly. so overuses it, it's yes. just kind of like, here's yet another rendition of Hallelujah. And you're going to sit and, and because I listened to the whole goddamn thing because I was worried that there was going to be some sort of stinger at the end because, you know. The mm-hmm. epilogue wasn't enough. I was just waiting. I was waiting for some other scene with, you know. I don't know, Clayface and Harley, who only knows what he was going to come up with. Yeah. So I, I sat through the entirety of that song and it was, <laughs> it <I've>, was long. <laughs> um, oh God, cause I'm on Nando's Twitter page. It's like another couple of gems. I still can't get over the fact that the armies of man thought it was okay to just bury our mother. back. <laughs> <in the forest. laughs> and then Joe, and then he comes back with, now that I think about it, if you think someone is going to come try and steal it, this is a better plan than hiding the mother box in the mother box room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, so, so Hans, what do we do with this? I say we bury it. Yeah. Sense to me. <laughs> and I'm like, we got to hide it. Let's create this huge temple <laughs> in which to hide this thing so that no one will ever find it. Uh, and then what are those Amazons doing in that? Do they just, are they just always posted in that room just in case the mother box comes to life? Cause it yes. wasn't moving before that moment. They were all standing there surrounding you with their swords drawn and then it moves and they go, Oh my God. And it's like, wait, <laughs> wasn't <laughs> that, it already is, moving? Why were you all there? If it wasn't already that, moving, that is their, my understanding is that is their job. Like their job is to like when their shift comes and they oh, clock in, God. they have to go and wait in this room. See, that is such an edge Lord fucking. Wouldn't it be rad if, oh, this is the most epic thing? Like, no, that's no. dumb. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, all right. Uh, final thoughts, Joe? Um, It was so long. It was <laughs> so, so long. I'm never getting that four hours back. Um, I, I, I do not. It was not nearly as horrible as I thought it would be. And yet failed in ways I never thought possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where I am. How about you? 
Well, you know, I keep going back to Man of Steel. It's I for Man of Steel is I love that movie, and I think it's my favorite Superman movie. I'm not saying it's the best Superman movie. I'm saying it's my favorite. Mm-hmm. And I f- honestly forget that that movie is directed by Zack Snyder. <laughs> I forget, and it it just makes me wonder how I I'm dying to know how that movie got made. Whose whose hands were in the pot? Who who was making? How are the decisions being being uh, being made? Um, because it it I know that Christopher Nolan was a producer on that movie. Uh-huh. I know that his brother and frequent collaborator Jonathan Nolan wrote that movie, uh-huh. and Zack Snyder directed that movie. And I think um, I it it feels like that movie was treated a certain way because Warner Brothers understood how important it was. Uh-huh. Right. We're reintroducing Superman. Like this is our flagship character. We have to get this right. We have to. And so it felt like there was a checks and balances system. I don't know if there was, I don't know behind the scenes on this. It's just looking at that and looking at the rest of Zack Snyder's movie since then, there has to have been a checks and balances system in place for a lot of those decisions. And it it makes me think of the Marvel way of doing it, which Mm -hmm. is Kevin Feige, but he has, you know, a couple of, of story people that work very, very closely with him. And he has sort of like a brain trust of like story people that, you know, we're, we're figuring out, we're mapping it out. We're figuring it out. You know, it's going to be a collective decision. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that, I just have to imagine that Man of Steel benefited from that. And since then, it seems like the more, I don't want to say the more Zack Snyder, the worse, because Batman, this is movies better than Batman versus Superman. The Snyder cut is Batman versus Superman. It's just a fucking mess. Oh yeah. It's terrible. That, that might've, maybe that had the most, you know, uh, uh, studio exec like meddling. I don't know, but I'm, Someday, hopefully, there's going to be a fascinating documentary on all the behind the scenes going on at DC and Warner Brothers throughout this entire, this entire uh, uh, superhero Justice League, you know, uh, uh, process. Yeah, well, you can't, you can't possibly, at this point, you can't blame, you can't blame Warner Brothers for this version of Justice League. Because everybody like this is this is supposedly this is like one hundred percent Zack Snyder, right? So if that's the case, then something had to have happened with the original Superman, yeah, to 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 to, to mitigate that. Because every other place we've for so many years we've been saying. Okay, DC has been meddling a whole lot, and that's part of the reason why nothing works. Warner Brothers, you mean? Yeah, Warner Brothers has been meddling this entire time. That's why nothing ever works. It's what's problem, and it's like, well, not not really, (laughs) because this is what you get without the meddling. So yes, there's some good stuff, but there's a whole lot of not good stuff too. Oh yeah, I feel the opposite. I feel like there's a whole lot of good stuff, and then there's some not so good stuff. Uh, I think I keep saying that Zack Snyder reigned in is the best Zack Snyder we could hope for. Mm-hmm. I, I have to add that it, it, I guess it depends on who's doing the reigning. Yeah. 
maybe maybe Zack Snyder reined in by Christopher Nolan is is the best we can hope for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, it, I think it's interesting to see who who's going to be playing in this DC sandbox going forward. It, it seems like Snyder got to a point where he just did, he wasn't going to give up control of his creative vision, man. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I can understand that if you've earned it in terms of box office and in terms of, you know, fan a, a, g- general and widespread fan acceptance, but that's not been the case. Nope. So it kind of feels his, his whole attitude he takes towards, his vision kind of, it feels unearned and feels just kind of ridiculous. I don't know. I, I look at filmmakers like John Favreau and Taika Watiti and James Gunn and think, you know, what is there? They're, you know, they're, they don't, they're somehow, and Shane Black, you know, they're, they're somehow able to, to realize <laughs> a vision of, of, you know, their film that works for them while still, working and collaborating with Marvel and Kevin Feige, mm-hmm. right? Why is Zack mm-hmm. Snyder like, just no way. Nope. It's my way or the high almost quit. They didn't let me do this. And I was just going to walk away, but the fans, man, you know, the fans just deserved it. So I sucked it up and just, it's like, <laughs> what? There's, there's a, there's a loss of perspective entitlement there. And, and I, and yeah. And he, so he's not, he's not my favorite. Not my favorite. <laughs> It's going to be really interesting to see where they go from here. I really, I think James Wan was an excellent choice for Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some bad there too, but mm-hmm. you know, this, it, I think overall it, it served its purpose that movie. So yeah, I guess we're getting flash. We're, we're done with, with Ben Affleck as Batman, unless they let Snyder make, keep making more things, but it doesn't seem like he's, he's going, imagine if there's a dramatic shift, Joe, because Snyder Cut gets some good reviews. Can you imagine if they just go, all right, we're, we're going to let them keep going? Uh, well, it'll give us content. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did it, man. We fucking, we, after, think about how long we said, stop it. There's no Snyder Cut. doesn't exist. It's not happening. Stop trying to make it happen. And then it happened. Remember that? I remember when that news came out and I was like, we got to talk about this shit. Bro. Like, <laughs> fuck. Fuck. And, uh, and we did it. We watched you. You watched four straight hours. Four straight hours. If I had told you after Batman vs Superman came out <laughs> that someday there was going to be a four-hour cut of Justice League, completely realizing Zack Snyder's vision, and you were going to watch it in one sitting. I, I would not have believed you. I would have thought it was the most ridiculous, funny thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what a, what no. a weird fucking world. <laughs> oh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I can't blame you. Yeah. 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 It's exhausting. Well, much like much like I did on Saturday, next week we are going to palate cleanse and uh watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We'll have two episodes to uh to review. Right. And I think that's good. I don't know that I would have had a whole lot to say about it after episode one. I don't know that we're going to cover it as in detail as we did with WandaVision, partly because, A, we realize that there are some definite problems with the theory crafting <laughs> that we all did for, for WandaVision. But um, also, I think I think it's not 
meant to be that way. So we probably will do maybe two or three Falcon Winter Soldier episodes and kind of break them up a little bit and get some other stuff in there in between. Yeah, I like that. Uh, any shout outs? Shout out to Christian. I'm going to check out Veep. I'll let you know nice. what I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to shout out to Chelsea. I think last time we recorded Ray and I together was the first time that Chelsea was like, hey, long time listener, first time commenter. And you've been so active that we couldn't possibly not say thank you for chiming in and giving us support and love. And we appreciate it. And we're glad you're part of the part of the group. We love we love chatting with you. Mm-hmm. Um, all the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geek2Dude is a proud member of the Geek2Geek Network. Check out other Geek2Geek shows, the Geek2Geek Podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, The Nerdberg Review, JRPGs, and me, Dragon Quest FM, and Sometimes Rob, and our newest podcast, As the Dice Roll. Also, check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J and Bamashox, and make sure to join us in Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time. And a lot of you have been doing that, and we so very, very much value that. Uh, you can currently find us at geek2.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts, as well as most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geek2.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geek2.com, or me personally at Epic Grays. Ray, where can we find you? You can find me on social media where I live, especially Twitter. Uh, but I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me at Ray Vargas three. That's Ray Vargas. And then the number three, and that's where my website's located as well. So you can go to rayvargas3.com to check out my artwork. Awesome. Well, that brings us to the end of the, <laughs> of the Zack Schneider, Dude. uh, justice league epic so we we survived it folks hallelujah <laughs> hallelujah and on that note next we'll until next time remember this week keep it